and welcome back to IoT Innovation. Today, we're going to talk about the Internet of Me, yet another acronym to get our heads around. This episode of IoT Innovation is sponsored by Anritsu. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome back to IoT Innovation. Today, we're going to be speaking with Kevin Lindsay, who heads product marketing at Adobe. So welcome, Kevin. Thanks for joining me today. Um, you've introduced yet another act acronym to my vocabulary, uh, the Internet of Me. So please talk to us a little bit about uh, personalization context and, and maybe start with how Adobe fits into the IoT um, ecosystem. Sure. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Good morning. Um, yeah, I think that uh, my goal is not to introduce yet one more acronym for you to have to worry about, but I do think this one's important. And, and let me tell you why. So Adobe has long been in the business of, of helping companies create great experiences, great digital experiences for their customers. And over the years, uh, that has evolved. Several years ago, Adobe got into the digital marketing space when it acquired an analytics company um, called Omniture, and since then has built out the digital marketing business very significantly. Um, to the extent that we have solutions that address uh, data and analytics, content, uh, personalization and targeting, um, advertising solutions, social marketing, and a number of other a number of other things, so we find ourselves at this this point where digital marketing is almost becoming a um, uh, you know it's it's definitely a ubiquitous term everyone uses in in so many different ways. The impact of digital marketing now, though, is, is not just on those traditional digital channels or the e-commerce store. It's, it's, it's really pervasive across the entire customer experience, that whole customer life cycle, if you will. And with the introduction of, of you know, things like the Internet of Things and, and wearables, we see the extension of that, that marketing optimization opportunity right into that, um, that deep into that customer experience and deep into that product experience, which is where our customers ultimately are, are residing and experiencing our brand in, in significant ways. So as we get into this um, sort of new, new world where experiences are happening everywhere all the time and, and through so many different uh, modalities, it's really important to think about um, the role that we as, as brands play um, and, and how we ensure that the experiences are relevant and meaningful and are overall adding to that customer experience rather than taking away from it or, or, or being an interruption. So the Internet of Me is really kind of cutting to the chase and saying, let's really get real with these experiences. It's not about another thing that is connected to the internet or something that that i that i wear that is that is tracking certain um you know physical or, or biometrics on my on my body it's really about how does it ultimately um have an impact on the experience that i have or how does it how does it have an impact on on me ultimately and that's really what what brands are trying to do they're trying to connect with the me 
and, and, and make it much more um, about that experience than the device or, or the wearable um, itself. Okay, so so if we take that, and I mean, we're all familiar with with movies like Minority Report, where the internet of me is taken to the extreme, and all of these sensors are feeding back crazy amounts of information. Uh, marketing is very personalized uh, to the extent that it's it's uh, intrusive almost. How do you see the marketing teams of the big brands really starting to look at IoT? Have they really started looking at it yet? Is this still uh, a little bit of a confusing space to them? Or are you starting to see some really good examples of brands that have figured this out? Because from my point of view, as we've been going through the hosting of this show over the last few weeks, um, I, I, I'm hearing a lot of conflicting views as to whether IoT has really been understood yet by some of the big companies in wireless, let alone um, brands that are not directly uh, involved in the technology. Yeah, so really all of the above. Um, I, I think there's a lot of skepticism around IoT um, uh, that marketers are, are experiencing. Um, they're not really sure what it's going to mean to their brand. And uh, there's certainly a lot of uncertainty around um, how it's going to, um, how they're going to be able to execute on, on IoT. Uh, it's definitely a buzzword that's in the boardrooms today. You know, what is our IoT strategy? And it's it's a question that's 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 really difficult um, to to answer for most companies. For others, it can be quite obvious. I mean, product companies like like Sony, um, it, for them, it, it, there are some very obvious use cases, and they are clearly among the first, um, along with companies like Under Armour, to get into the into the business and and really have clear use cases and and opportunities to take advantage of of the devices that their customers are, are using. But I, I think you're right. I think that there's a lot of skepticism, there's a lot of uncertainty, and not really understanding uh, the role it will play in their, in their marketing mix is, is a big part of it. I think that companies do have a, a pretty good understanding that it, it really is gonna come down to data, that they're gonna have a lot of data available to them as a result of these internet connected experiences, but then how to turn around and use that data um, to create more meaningful interactions and to create more impactful marketing. And again, marketing that doesn't become so invasive and so interruptive that it's reminiscent of the minority report. So, so um, uh, Nick, who's, who's hosted a few of these programs uh, with me and we've talked about this, he and I presented at a workshop uh, at the IoT World event in San Francisco in May. And one of, the, one of the other presenters was a guy running the IoT app, at, um, project and business unit at Adidas. And what was interesting about that, which I think, to your point, says the, the conflicting issues with IoT, was that they're recording ama amazing amounts of data on athletes uh, training on, on the field. And what the kind of the, the, the wake up call they'd had was realizing that the coach really doesn't care about 200 different metrics on the player. They want to figure out which of those are the three or four important ones that they need to not only monitor, but be made aware of if something changes. And I think that really reads across to your point is that, you know, I'm seeing a massive amount of data being collected now by all of these uh, on body, off body, um, smartphones, all sorts of other devices in the home. 
And it's not just about the amount of data that's being collected. It's okay, I've got all this raw material. What do I do with it? Because the raw data on its own is pretty much useless. And, and to me, it's about the interpretation and the both the personalization, but also the anonymization of this data so that we right. don't feel our privacy has been screwed up. But we also feel like this stuff is beneficial to us. Like, you know, for me, I'm a big user of Google now. The fact that it reminds me I've got to head to the airport before I remember I was actually on a plane today, that's actually not intrusive. That helps me. If it was trying right. to uh, tell me which which three restaurants were on the way to the airport, that would be helpful too. If it starts to feel like it's stalking me, that means the data has not been used in a way that's sensitive to my uh, the way I live my life. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, and there's a fine line, isn't it? And, and it might be different for you than, than somebody else in terms of the, the tolerance of, of those, uh, those notifications and those you know, interruptions, if you, if you will. And I, so I think that you bring up a really good point. Um, the creepy factor is clearly something that, that everybody is thinking about, consumers and, and, and marketers alike. Nobody, nobody likes creepy. Um, I like to, for, for a presentation I did a few months ago, I, I, I created a, a little kind of creepy meter or relevance meter that we kind of used in the, in the session. Um, and I, I think that the conclusion that everyone uh, is able to come to is, is that you know if it's relevant, it's not it's not creepy. If if it's creepy, it's clearly not relevant. You've gone across the the, the line, um, and what we see as we kind of work with a lot of different industries on this is that it 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 varies by use case, by customer, by by customer type, by you know is this a millennial we're talking about versus my mother-in-law, and and so you know I think we have we have a lot to figure out in terms of really what are the best practices back to your uh, your adidas example a similar example that under armor shared at a, at a conference a few months ago that i attended was you know just being able to have you know track usage in a in a pair of athletic shoes or or some other some garment um it's a marketing opportunity for them because they can say, well, you know what, the, the optimal time to replace those running shoes, and this is actually a very important customer service and important to your health and, and the, you know, the health of your, your body and your feet, perhaps. Um, but it's also a great time, you know, if, if we can increase the, the rate at which people replace those shoes by just a, a, a small amount by ensuring that they're, they're replacing that product uh, at the right time, it will result in in a positive sales uplift, and and so you know that's a really interesting balance that I, you know, when I listened to that, I really appreciated that it it does seem to meet the needs of the customer without being creepy, but at the same time, it, it's clearly a great marketing optimization um, endeavor. Yeah, I, I think your example of whether it's to millennials or or you know your mother-in-law i think that's an important consideration because i think the creepy factor uh, changes depending on the age group and the location in the world and your tolerance for technology and the way you embrace it and, and certainly um i've had those family examples where things that i absolutely not just tolerate but get very excited about in terms of iot are way over the creepy line uh for other people that i, I talk to um i, I think the challenges that back to the amount of data here 
we're slicing this marketing mix uh, further and further and further. So now you've got to have way more sophistication, not just of analyzing and reusing the data that's being collected about you and, and for you with these sensors, but actually do how do you then deliver it and, and making sure that you've really personalized what you're delivering for the right person and that you realize it changes. I mean, basically the, you've got, you're talking about uh, terabytes of live data that has to fly yeah. around to decide whether you're going over that creepy line. That's right. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that the sophistication of most large brands may be starting this journey, but it's, it's, it's not sophisticated enough yet to deal with all of this uh, live, really absolutely real-time analytics stuff that we're going to be needing. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I, I think that, you know, we sort of look at at this this treasure trove of data that we have, and there's there's so much that we that we can do with it. Most companies today in, in 2015 and and you know marketing organizations are not fully equipped to take advantage of it. Um, it's there, and and you know the correlations and and the patterns and the, the affinities between all the different types of data and what they mean and the, their predictive power is is there. But to actually take that and, and make it um, an effective part of your marketing mix, to use your term, is, is, is challenging. And it's going to take some time um, to, to really figure that out. You know, an example that I, that I see, uh, you know, I, I, I drive from my house into uh, the town of uh, Los Gatos. And as soon as I get into downtown Los Gatos, I'm bombarded with um, notifications from a couponing app that I that I have, um, a you know, kind of deal of the day thing, and you know they're not personalized in, in any fashion. Um, they're for stores and and uh, you know retail establishments that that I I don't have any interest in. I don't have any any purchasing history there, uh, and 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 really if you kind of dug into my my demographic. Um, you, you might realize you, you really wasted that notification. You've wasted that marketing message on me and it could have been more effective with, with someone else. So I think we're going to see a lot of early starts and I actually really applaud that. I applaud the, the effort and the fact that this, this innovative app is doing this. I, I drive into their, their, their geofence and, and, and I start to get these, these things. I, that's great. I mean, that's really interesting. And you think about, you know, I, I shouldn't take that for granted because it, it hasn't been, possible to do that for very long. So that's wonderful. But I, I do think we need to figure out um, how to make use of, of, you know, the data platform, our marketing programs sit on and, and really also figure out the best practices because it's really going to come down more to that than, than technology and, and, and data, in my opinion. Yeah. I think coming back to your, your term, the internet of me, I, I mean, I, I've, I've talked to a few people where my belief is that IoT is actually all about you knowing things about things you care about. Yeah. So the internet is is me and the stuff that I care about. And by stuff, I mean my family, my friends, my pets, my property, um, and, and or the environment where I'm going to be at some point in the in the future. Um, I, I think again, what this points to is an amazing array of data that really is, is going to be um, a, a diamond if it's handled correctly. Uh, and I think yeah. this drive, this is 
is going to drive quite a lot of, of extra um, education, sophistication, maybe a lot more um, cross-pollination of jobs so that, that people that have traditionally been in a, in, a, uh, in a statistics role, let's say, where they've not been driving live data and analytics, this is, this is a new department for them almost. Yeah. It, it reminds me of some of the, um, you know, the CIO role being created 20 years ago because uh, the whole C-suite had to get a clue regarding um, the internet. And right. I feel like this is, this is the same difference. So, so um, coming on from that, maybe back to the original question about Adobe. I mean, I, th I think everyone watching this is going to be very, very familiar with a number of the products and services that Adobe have offered. How does this really fit into and, and line up with some of those other um, business areas that, that people are more familiar with? Yeah, so if you think about what we're ultimately trying to do, we're trying to put the, the right experience in in context in front of the in front of the right person it, it it comes down to that no matter what and if i can just take a second to sort of add a couple more things to your internet of me uh statement in the conclusion that, that you've come to personally on it um and i'll come back to that because I, I had a couple of thoughts you know from an analytics perspective um our, our ability to sort of look at the, the data in this new internet of everything era means that we can get much, much more granular. So in addition to you know, the things that you care about, that's how the Internet of Me is defined for you, um, it also means from a data perspective that we can get much more granular. We can get much more relevant uh, and get closer and closer to actually understanding me um, than, than ever before. But I also think the other important thing is, is that you know, I and, and, and you, Chris, we, we don't care as consumers what issues some brand might have with connecting me and, and understanding me as I move across all these different touch points. I, I just want them to get me and to give me good service, give me relevant products and, and make it an enjoyable customer experience. Um, I'm, and that's a very me centric view, right? I don't care if it's my phone or my, my Apple watch or my Apple TV, or I happen to walk into your, your store. Um, just, just get it, get your act together and, and make it about me. I want a great experience. So in light of, of those, those two things, from a data perspective, Adobe has built a, a, a very, very strong uh, data foundation um, on our analytics foundation. Analytics has come a long way over the years. It's not just web analytics. It's not just digital analytics. It's not just customer analytics. It's, it's looking across that entire life cycle and really understanding kind of what's happening and being able to bring all those things together. So customers um, like Sony, uh, they're building their uh, Internet of Things strategy on a, a, a data platform. You know, it, it's, it's not about the individual devices. Initially, if you don't get the data platform right in the first place and, and in a way that allows you to create meaningful insights and understand those patterns and behaviors across all of these different touch points, whether someone is actually interacting with the brand while they're playing a game in a, in a PS4 or they're going into um, one of their stores or, or into Best Buy. I mean, really being able to connect those things, and that kind of brings me to the second point I, I made, really is, is essential. So the data platform is, is where we're very, very interested in and in, in, in where we've invested heavily to really facilitate 
this this move to you know an internet of, of everything or internet of me um, type of era. But in addition, kind of going back to the, the the heritage that Adobe has, which is creating these assets and creating these beautiful experiences in, in the first place, whether they be you know beautiful you know images or animation or or video content, um, we want to be able to you know take that investment that the brands put into that asset creation and then tie that to the data so none of these things can really take place without the the right marriage of of content and data to facilitate that great experience again wherever it might take place that's our viewpoint on it all right so so with with the internet of me um it's it's still at a fairly early stage i think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try and, and fail and there's hopefully going to be a few that try and succeed um from the work that you're doing can you pick up on on some examples of companies that are really starting to figure it out and do a nice job so far um maybe things that, that you as a, maybe come back to the millennial versus mother-in-law Maybe some right. examples that appeal to, to uh, both groups, because ultimately, um, you know, the, the, the dollars are going to be spent more easily if they're focusing on a, on a broader group. Yeah, so that's a really um, interesting way to look at it as, as, as well. I've been very interested in millennials recently. I did a talk on uh, Monday. Um, at a at a conference in in Scottsdale, and we really focused we were focused on the millennials. And of course, as you as you look at at any you know demographic cohort, you, you know it, it's not all you can't really make blanket statements. And, and there's always going to be the the 18 year old millennial who stands up and says, "Well, that doesn't really describe me." Um, but what's interesting is as you look at data, and it really all always comes down to data. Data is something we can rely on pretty. Uh, pretty well. Um, we can make some pretty good take to the bank kinds of, of, of statements about different types of segments, uh, you know, shoppers, etc. So just in terms of, of, of what I'm seeing and, and what I think is really interesting is that this Internet of Me concept is not one that is is entirely tied to the Internet of Things. I mean, the Internet of Me is more important, I, I believe, than the Internet of Things because it's 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 really um, in, informative in terms of how do I look at my customer, how do I look at my what my customer is trying to do. Never mind, uh, you know, what channel they're trying to do it through. And I think that we're seeing some really interesting examples today that um, maybe are, are are kind of conflict with some of our digital thinking. There are some really interesting um, examples like Trunk Club. Um, Trunk Club was was acquired, I think, probably a, a year ago by by Nordstrom. But this is the you know the very personalized shopping experience that's rather old school. Um, yes, you've got a, a really nice app where you can kind of look at the different types of uh, of, of clothing categories. You know whether it's casual or work or it's you know, basically a, per, a personal shopper organization, right? That's right. But you're actually connected with a, with a person, a real person, who yeah. says, I'm going to pick out this wardrobe for you. I'll be packing your trunk personally, and mm -hmm. I'm going to phone you. <laughs> so you get an email um, once you sign up and, and choose your category, and then this person indeed phones you up and says, you know, I want a little bit more insight before I assemble your first trunk. So I think it's really interesting because uh, – that type of personalization is really an example of, of the Internet of Me and is honestly quite appealing to the millennials. 
Um, when we look at the, the kinds of characteristics exhibited by the millennials, they are very um, community oriented. They're very uh, sort of value oriented. They, they love things like um, the real, real, you know, luxury consignment, you know, where they're not necessarily, they're buying gently used. Um, they um, also like the, 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 the concept of a product being just for me. You've, you've designed this thing just for me. Another example, I, I, I believe of that is, is the phone company, um, phone hardware company, OnePlus. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. um, yes. You know, when I asked that question, you know, so many people might have never heard of them. But my, my son, who's a millennial, um, he, that's the phone he owns. And he loves the fact that, that he could not buy that product until he was invited to buy that product. Right. So, you know, he was, he was on there, you know, reading their blogs. He was, he was listening to what everyone in their community had to say about this product before he really uh, signed himself up to be part of that community. But again, it's a combination of, of digital yet uh, very, very personal investment in the customer experience that kind of defines the internet of me. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. I mean, thinking about uh, friends and family and colleagues, I, I think it is absolutely a combination that, that maybe the millennials are the first um, group, age group, to take on board not just the technology aspects of this interaction, but actually the technology plus the personalised human interaction as well. I think the uh, you know the old the old older the generation, the more likely you are to stick with the tools that were useful in when you were growing up. Whereas I think the millennials, they don't separate between um, video conferencing and texting and emails and, and actually meeting someone. They're doing all of them at the same time. And right. I think really, you know, I've seen that with my own children, that it doesn't occur to them that they're multitasking because that's what they do. That's and right. I, I think especially when you start to get into luxury brands, which of course are the target for most uh, marketing campaigns and most marketing organizations. Uh, you know, they're looking for people that are spending higher dollars on particular products. They're gonna have to use all of these tools. So, so it's interesting starting out this discussion, I, I considered the uh, internet of me as, as uh, kind of a subset of IoT, but I can absolutely see how you see it the other way around. Um, yeah. So. So do you think in, just to finish up maybe, do you think we've got the right um, people in the marketing organizations within these large brands? Or are we gonna have to go through some serious upskilling of educating people uh, about the technology and how the technology changes the buying habits? Yeah, so I have a couple of thoughts on that. We did a study at Adobe almost, I think it was about a year and a half ago, and it was really um, focused on, on digital distress. We wanted to understand, um, measure and understand how people thought about just, just that. Are they ready for this new era of marketing? Do they have the right kinds of people? Do they have the right kinds of skill sets? Are they, as leaders, confident they have what it takes? Or the other way around, do you feel your leadership is, is really the right leadership to take you through this transformation? And the answers were, were really, they weren't all that surprising. I would say they were, they were much more, um, people are much harder on themselves than I expected. Um, most organizations sort of felt like they don't have the skill set, they don't have the right organization. They're not really um, set up in a way to, to execute on these, on these new strategies. 
And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also think it's interesting that we're, we're starting to see massive reorganizations of what is marketing and what is customer experience or support or, or the, you know, re revenue um, generation. I mean, it's, it's really all changing. And this year we really focused um, on kind of marketing beyond marketing as a, as a theme at Adobe. And uh, by that we mean, uh, well, a couple of things that the marketing is being done by organizations other than just marketing and they, and they need to be. Right. Um, when you have a, a, a call center person, an agent on the phone with somebody um, or through live chat, they represent the brand. So if you're not mm -hmm. ensuring that, that marketing and, and that infusion of the brand promise is happening throughout every type of customer interaction, you're really failing as a marketing, not just a marketing organization, but a marketing driven company. So lots of mm -hmm. changes happening there. In addition, you know, thinking about, and this is back to IoT in a, in a lot of ways, um, marketing being extended right into that product experience. And, and there's lots of product companies that are great examples of this. I mentioned um, Under Armour and, and Sony previously. But I think that there's a lot more companies um, that are thinking about this. Another one that comes to mind is Sonos, the, the speaker, you can't even just really call them a speaker company, the, the music experience company, how you experience music in a very personal way in your in your home. Um, it's, it's very much like the, the promise of Sonos brand and what they're trying to do for their, their customers in their homes is it's very, very personalized. It's very much about the internet of me, in my opinion, but it's, it's also marketing done in an excellent way, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really good point. I mean, as much as I, I asked the question around upskilling the marketing department, I think it's actually upskilling the whole organization. Yeah because everyone is, is, you know, it's an overused term maybe, but everyone is a brand ambassador when you've got customers that can very, very easily vote with their feet and spend their money somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, the amount of attention this is starting to get with, you know, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm standing in a line somewhere and, and my wife says to me, hey, hey we, we've run out of X, Y, or Z. And before we've moved two paces in the line, Amazon already shipped it to me. Um, this kind of uh, improved decision making and instant gratification means that the marketing message has to be even more crisp because I'm probably making a decision way faster than I would have done a few years ago without some of these uh, online tools. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Kevin, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Um, you've certainly helped me be educated on the internet of me and, um, uh, it is another acronym, but I think it's a worthy one. So um, thank you for, for chatting through it a little bit with us and about some of the background uh, of the way Adobe is ch changing this landscape. So My pleasure, Chris. Again for thanks very much. Thank you. So today, that was IoT Innovation. Uh, my guest today was Kevin Lindsay, the Head of Product Marketing at Adobe. Uh, thanks for joining me, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. IoT Innovation is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT Innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT Innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.